I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Pete Reese. I'm Charlie Keegan. I'm Barry Worthington. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Once again, we didn't get the result we was all hoping for. One of our major relegation rivals, Birmingham City. Quickly run through the stats from the game before we get into things. 72% possession for the Latics. Seven attempts with three on target. Birmingham had 13 attempts with two on target. Hit the woodwork three times. Corners, we won that one two to one. Fouls, 13 committed by the Latics. 14 by Birmingham. Two yellow cards apiece. McLean and Sinani boot for Wigan Athletic. And the attendance was 13,741 with 2,000 coming up. The M6 from Birmingham. Very disappointed. Ashley Fletcher's interview after the game. And I think it, his mood reflected probably how all the fans were feeling. Disappointed, but we've got to point out the game, which is a bit of cold comfort, really. I think the whole thing was disappointing, wasn't it? I mean, the first half, my daughter called it very early on. So this is the worst we've played under Maloney. And I said, give me till half time and I'll, I'll 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 give you my summary. And I couldn't help but agree with her. There was just nothing on show. There was no pace. There was no aggression. Ball wasn't moving fast enough. There was just nothing on show. Picked up a bit in the second half. And of course, we that's when we got the goal and had perhaps one other decent chance. It was a very poor showing on the whole. Very disappointing against a team that are a bit down on the luck in terms of the form. We were all hoping for more for more than that. It never really looked like happening, considering that they hit the woodwork three times in a space of two or three minutes. I think we were very lucky to, to come away with a point. For me, one of the biggest frustrating things about the day, the first half, we found ourselves in some really good positions going forward, but didn't put the ball into the box. There was no bravery. It was something missing from the players yesterday. It was that willing to take a chance, willing to take a risk, willing to do something out of the ordinary. And it wasn't there. I mean, we're looking at players like Tello Asgard, who got a roast start for him. And you think, go on, Tello, grab it with both hands. And there was one occasion in the first half, he's, he's up the line on the left-hand side, puts his foot on the ball and lays it back to Rekic. And you're thinking, what on earth are you doing? Just get at them. What was fearful from my point of view when Birmingham were, were attacking was the two guys, Bakuna and Graham, both really direct, running with the ball at their feet, getting at our full-backs, at our defenders, making them make challenges, making them commit fouls. The goal came from, from one such incident, but also get trying to get the ball into the box. I, I agree with you when you say fearful. I, I actually went further than that at half-time, and I, thought, I never thought I'd say that. I actually thought it was a spineless performance. I was so disappointed at half-time. For me, it had all the echoes of a late Liam Richardson performance. Everything is safety first. You know, make us difficult to beat. Don't be taking any chances. Don't be taking any gambles. There just wasn't the same runs that Lang would be making. Obviously, he was missing. It's positivity. I, I mean, what scares me now is how do these players come in? Maloney's given them a bit of belief. It's kind of worked-ish, but we've not really got enough results out of it. How do they believe in themselves now? They need to get a win from somewhere to suddenly start to believe in themselves, get some confidence and, and kick on. For me, that had to come yesterday because it's against a rival, a game you can win. Where's the next opportunity for it to come? You've, you've, you've got a few games now before you play a team at the bottom. Are we going to be out of touch by then? Are we out of touch already? 
Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, the, the time's going now, isn't it? We've got 12 games left. We've 12 games till the end of the season. We've started the last few games on the front foot. Yesterday, it was the other way around. They got at us early and they got that free kick and got, scored the goal. I mean, while we're talking about it, we're talking about team selection. That starting lineup yesterday had six goals amongst the players who were playing. Six goals. Your top scorers sat on the bench. You can think of him what you will. But Will Keane, when he came on at half-time, made a massive difference to that team. Sinani played in sort of that number 10 role, didn't he, where Keane's been playing. I thought he looked quite busy. Again, end product. I remember him having one shot from about 50 yards, which he seemed to trouble the ball boy more than the goalkeeper. Apart from the goal, which I thought was a superb goal from our point of view. The best effort came from Keane. He got the ball in the box, did a quick turn and, and Ruddy made a very decent save down low. But it was yeah. the only one that he had to make, really, the whole match, wasn't it? We just never came close to scoring apart from that. There was a point at first half where Fletcher was clean through and he, he, he kind of, with confidence, you'd have just had a crack. Without confidence, you're looking to square it to somebody to you know to make sure it goes in. In doing that, you get closed down and it ends up nothing. Very he, reminiscent he, of Marc Antoine Fortuné for me yesterday. He didn't have the pace, did he? He was in the, he was in that position because he was in front of the player to begin with. Yeah, and and the player caught him up. And, and got in front of him and you just think well that's uh, like your analogy there with Marc-Antoine Fortuna I think it's um, it's very similar that as, as a central striker if you can't take advantage of those moments when they come along then you're probably not going to have the confidence in yourself to, to be to be able to make the most of them because if you if you know that you're lacking pace you know that somebody's behind you but they're going to catch you up you're not even going to try are you? Them situations for me rather than running where he's like he's running wide I'd like to see him cut inside yeah. and and drive into that box. If a challenge comes in, you know, there's a chance there's going to be a foul. We've seen penalties given in the last two weeks, <laughs> you know, to suggest yeah, that, yeah. you know, if somebody's coming in from behind, there's a good chance the ref might be pointed to the spot. So there's that as well. But it puts fear into teams. You know yourself, when, when we're playing anybody and they drive at us running into the box, we're very fearful of what's going to come. And But that's football. That's what you want to see. I think it's great that we have possession, but you've got to do stuff with it. How many times did we knock the ball back yesterday? It was so frustrating. I, I think well, in the, the first half, that was that was something that stood out like a sore thumb, didn't it? They, every time we played the ball forward, it went to somebody who had their back to goal and just passed the ball back again. There was no attempt to turn with the ball. There was no attempt to try and pass the ball from that position, even sideways, to somebody facing goal. It was always going backwards. You're never going to be able to build an attack like that. The ball wasn't being moved fast enough and the players out of possession didn't seem to be, be making the runs to, to to receive the ball. We've gone back to the uh, the old style, like Paul said, we're reminiscent under, under Liam Richardson, where the players are taking two and three touches before they're knocking the ball as well, where you want to see them hit first-time passes and, and there'll be a lot of movement in and around. It's all right knocking the ball back if, if the player you knock it back to is going to give it your back straight away because you've spun and made that that move into the box, or you've you've lost your you've lost the player who's marking you. You've spun and you've created a bit of space. That's fast, direct football. We're playing safety first, like like you've just said, and we're getting draws, but they're no good to us. As soon as win, lose, win, lose, we need we need to pick three points up. We, that's what we should be doing at this moment. I've just been looking at how many points we've got, and obviously we've got thirty two at the minute. And realistically, where safety would be in the championship this year. And so there's 36 points that we've got left to play for. To get 50 points, we need another 18. To get 45, we need another 13. 
So I had a look at the previous seasons and where safety has been at that point and where the sort of cutoff was. Last season, safety in the championship was 41 points, but we know there was a, I think, was it Derby had a points deduction? And in 2021 season, 44 points was safety. The season before, 49 points. The season before, 44. And the season before that, 43. So realistically, safety, maybe this season could be 45 points. So we need another 13. Like you say, time is running out, but... I do think that if we can start turning these draws into wins and just trying to get over the line in some of them, we might have enough by the end of the season, but this next few games for the next five or so is very difficult. If you're looking at the table at the moment, your bottom three, 32, 32 and 31, they're, they're the points total. Then then if you jump up to, to Cardiff, they're on 38, QPR are on 39. They're only, what are you talking about, 45 points? QPR are only six points off that with, with a dozen games to go. You know, you'd say they're going to they're gonna pick two wins up between now and the end of the season. So that takes them out of that equation. Cardiff, Cardiff are awful. But what they're doing, they're winning games. You know, they, they're awful, but they're winning games. And again, they're seven points off that total. And to be honest with you, can you see us, Huddersfield or Blackpool making 40, 45 points. I did a, a calculation. I thought we'd, we'd, if we were very, very lucky, we'd get 47. Next four games, West Brom away, Burnley away, Coventry at home, and then we've got Watford away. Tough games for the situation we're in. You're coming back after after an international break with eight games to the end of the season, and these panic stations are just quite fearful for our position this this season. If if you said to me now, you, would you do you think we'll finish? I'd say the bottom three will finish in the bottom three. I, yeah. I find it very difficult to disagree, but if we manage to pick something up in the next three games and they start to believe in themselves, you get that keyword, which is a bit of momentum. Once you can pick up a bit of momentum, you can start moving. You've basically got to win two games more than the te- the other teams around you. You know, I, I'm taking into account everything everybody's saying there. I, I'm, you know, I feel the same way. I'm I'm pretty pessimistic at the moment. But after after the di- displays over the last two games uh, against teams that, if we want to get out of this, we should have been taking more points than that. We should have had at least four points, really, or possibly even six points uh, to give us the confidence to move to move out of the bottom three. That's not, not happened, not happened by a long way. So it doesn't look great, but I don't think we're going to go between now and the end of the season without having a win at all. And I think we might even get the odd surprise win. That's, that, that, that is possible. And as Paul says, those things might just give that spark of confidence to, to to set us up on something. I'm not overly hopeful. I've always been a believer in that if, if players take the field wondering where the goals are going to come from to win a match, then the confidence is just not going to be there. And this has been our problem all season. You're looking at it and you're thinking, where are those goals going to come from? When was the last time we scored two goals in a game? You know, when was the last time we scored two goals in a game? It was Blackpool before the World Cup. They need to be a little bit braver. They need to take some risks. Because otherwise, we're relegated. There's no way out of this. We need we need to start taking a few risks, getting that ball in the box. Sean Maloney's used a, a word a couple of times, which which I like. He said that we, we need to be more aggressive. Yesterday, he was talking about it to being in the box. I think that's absolutely right. We, we look like we're walking on eggshells when the ball comes uh, anywhere near the goal. You really want somebody who who's, you know, knocking players over to get on the end of something. It's just, it's not really happening. And yesterday, the first half, there were one or two times where we 
got into crossing positions, and I think he maybe actually did manage to sling the ball over. There's like one or two players in the box. Get in there. That's where you're going to score goals from. Not taking pot shots from 30 yards that are, got, that are going to hit the, the top row of the south stand. Come on, lad. You're better than this. Well, that's that's being brave and taking risks, isn't it? Yeah, not yeah. not putting the ball in the box, but getting yourself in the box as well. Exactly. Getting yeah. yourself yeah. in the box. Well, let's talk about that our goal, because that was a cross into the box. We sort of lost possession, won it back, and then we knocked it across. Tello played a nice little short pass to James McLean, who first time it's an absolute peach of a ball into the mm. six-yard area. And Ashley mm. Fletcher just reacted and swung his foot in front of the defender into the bottom corner. That was a little bit of aggression from, from Fletcher to get his... Uh, get his body across their, their defender. To be fair, I think it was perhaps McLean's only decent cross of the, the whole game. But it shows him he's he's, he's up there with the, the assists, isn't he? I think it's that's his eighth assist of the season. You know why he's in the team. But it was it was I, I thought it was so frustrating that when we brought Tom Pierce on, we didn't get him forward. He was stuck back defending, very often defending nothing. There was nothing to defend. His crosses could make an awful difference to this team still before between now and the end of the season. He's the best crosser of the ball we've got in this team and I know he might not be fully fit for 90 minutes or whatever but we've got to get him on the pitch more we've got to get him on the ball more and we've got to get him up front more in order to put those crosses in and then people have got to take that risk get in the box and get on the end of them that is a way I think it's perhaps the only way that this team looks like it's going to score goals and it's it's frustrating that it's not being used more. I think he's being used for more minutes. But when do you go from being used for, say, and I think it was perhaps 25 minutes, 30 minutes yesterday. When do you go from that to playing a full match or starting a full match? Got to, you've got to get him down that left-hand side and, and in an attacking position and perhaps leave James McLean at, at left-back. I'm not sure if Maloney wants to play with left-backs. <laughs> he, he seems to prefer the back three, doesn't he? The Marty old Martinez... Yeah. defensive lineup. Anyway. And it was a bit strange that second half because I mean in the end the, you know the goal came from the left hand side so you know all well and good but it, it confused me who was playing where on that left hand side because you've got Pierce, McLean and Asgard all on that left hand side Asgard a little bit further in field than, than the others um, but it, to me it, I don't know it didn't, it didn't seem to work I don't know what Maloney was expecting there, whether he thought that was a way of getting Pierce further upfield or something. I, I, I really don't know. I didn't understand it. But... Was he looking for the, the bosses, your Gomez, Espinosa triangle? That used to work, didn't it? James McLean is so frustrating for me because, you know, you look at him for most most of the game now. You know, J- James McLean was was a top player. You know when he was when he was younger, and he he doesn't look up to the championship now. And then suddenly he pops up with another assist. You know, and he's and in terms of assists, he's right up there in the assist table for the championship. He's he's doing fantastically well. A lot of his game is is, is based around a grafting set. You know, he's a yeah, grafter, yeah. and as you get older, you. you you lose that little edge. I'm not saying he's lost a, a lot of his fitness, but it's that edge that makes you stand out. The performances yesterday, there was there was some good performances. I mean, we thought, thought Jack Watmore was outstanding yesterday. So so did uh, the uh, listeners to the Progress with Unity podcast because our man of the match, as voted for by other listeners on both Facebook and Twitter, is Jack Watmore. And I, I, I thought he, he led that back line superbly, put his body in there, read the game, Brilliantly well. He did another of his Bobby Moore tackles yesterday, didn't he? There was a player running at him with the ball, and he just perfectly timed, just stepped forward, mm. took it off him. 
Brilliant. Yeah, class. is class. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did he make of the substitutions? Half-time, King for Tihi. Chris was a little bit underpriced there for me. Well, I, I thought um, Tihi, yeah, I, I said before we started recording, I wonder if he was ill or something yesterday. He looked so far off his normal game that we've come to uh, see from him. And he gave away three free kicks on the edge of our penalty area, one of which led to their goal. Very uncharacteristic of him from what we've seen so far. And he seems to be getting frustrated with himself. Yeah, taking it off, taking him off on half-time to bring somebody else on. We needed to do something, but I, I, I don't think we'd have taken him off, say, in the previous match when he was playing so well. So, yeah, I wonder what was going on there. Yeah, if I can be negative about substitutions, bringing Josh McGuinness on is not going to help at all, is it? I do wonder, and it, I know it's a dead easy criticism for a supporter to make, but is Chris C doing enough in training to be given a go ahead of the, the, the old pro who's just going to turn up, do half a job and take his wages and go home? You want somebody who's going to give you that extra effort because he wants to break into the team because he's a young lad mm-hmm. and maybe that will be the mental difference between bagging a goal or two here and suddenly starting to get on this momentum of belief. Mm-hmm. Bringing youth team players through, it can it can work one or two ways, can't it? You know, so it, it's yeah. a gamble. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, it depends what, what they're doing in training. I mean, if in training McGuinness is clearly a superior player, then you can justify picking him. Reading between the lines of uh, Maloney's post-match press conference when he talks again about uh, aggression, if uh, if that's what he was looking for in the box, then Josh, Josh McGuinness is perhaps the right person to 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 bring on. But certainly, I'm not, I'm not blaming him for this, but it certainly frustrates me how many free kicks we give away inside the opposition penalty area, um, especially at set pieces. The number of times where there's a, a cross coming in or a corner coming in, and it gets blown up because we've we've fouled somebody. Is is this because we're not good enough? Other players resorting to, to to foul in the opposition because they know they're not going to get to the ball any other way, and and that, that happened straight away with Josh McGinnis when he came on. On Wednesday, we won't be back. We'll be back on Thursday because it's the fans forum. So we've got a fans forum down at the club on on Wednesday evening. So we'll be back on Thursday. Your season ticket all you can get a ticket for the fans forum. I believe the free Tuesday evening. We'll be playing West Bromwich Albion at the Hawthorns with no. Baggies fam, because they're frightened of us. But uh, Charlie's done a little bit of research into West Bromwich Albion. I have. West Brom, managed by Carlos Corberan since October 25th, 2022. They sit 11th in the Skybet Championship this season after 34 games. And I did a bit of a cross-comparison between the opening 17 games and the recent one. Because if you remember, sort of at the start of the season, I think they were very much near the bottom with us. And we're all a bit shocked of why they were so far down, but... In the first 17 games, they got two wins, eight draws, seven losses, 14 out of their 51 points in that first 17. In the last 17 games, they've got 11 wins, one draw and five losses and they picked up 34 points. So they are much, much more improved. And I think they went on a five-game winning streak maybe once or twice as well. So they've been doing very, very well. So we're going to have picked up 32 points compared to Brom's 48 overall. And at the Hawthorns this season, which is where we're going to play them next, they've played 17, won eight, drawn five and lost four. They've scored 24 goals, conceded 15, which is the second best home defence in the league. I think they're only beaten um, by a handful of teams, maybe Burnley, Borough and Blackburn. I think they've only conceded 13, so they're, they're doing really well. And overall, they've picked up 29 of their 48 points at home. 
They've actually kept nine clean sheets at home as well, which is the second best in the league, only second to Blackburn Rovers. So they're doing very, very well. Over the most recent six league matches, won two, drawn one and lost three. In that same period, they have scored six, conceded eight and kept two clean sheets. Most recently, though, they lost 2-0 to Hull City, where... I don't really think that it was a, a game they should have lost, but but they did anyway. Before that, they beat Middlesbrough 2-0. They lost to Watford 3-2. They drew with Blackburn 1-1. Lost to Birmingham City 2-0. And they beat Coventry City 1-0. The form at the minute is, is a little bit shaky and could be a good time to play in because they do have a big injury crisis as well. Their top performers, they've got Jed Wallace, who is 28, English right, right winger. Played 34 games this season, five goals, seven assists. Second up, they've got John Swift, who is 27, English centre mid. 33 matches played, three goals and six assists. And Grady Diangana, who is 24, right winger, 31 games, four goals and three assists. But I know that he's out injured and he might not be playing. But overall, I think they're doing pretty good this season. Definitely not going to be a playoff team, but definitely no threat of really dropping too far in the bottom half of the table. So could be a good time to play him with this injury crisis. The referee for the visit of West Brom will be Rebecca Welch, who's born in Washington in County Durham. 39-year-old Rebecca has been on the national list of referees since April 2021. This will be her first time refing either the Latics or West Brom. Just the one previous championship game, which was Birmingham's home defeat to Preston in January. Card watch, so far this season, Rebecca Welch has taken charge of 14 games. She's issued 44 yellows, given no reds, but she's awarded two penalties. And that's Rebecca Welch, who will be the referee on Tuesday for the visit to the Hawthorns of the Latics. She was due to referee Latics away at Doncaster last season, but she got pulled at the last minute. I think she was ill. This is the first time that we've had a female referee involved in one of one of our games. So a little Fantastic. bit of history in the making. Yeah. yeah. Met West Brom 25 times previously. We've had, in that time, 10 wins, 6 draws and 9 defeats. First meeting was in the League Cup back in September 1984. Goalless draw at Springfield Park followed by a 3-1 defeat at the Hawthorns two weeks later. Our first Premier League away win was against the Baggies. I think lots of us remember that on the 10th of September 2005. Uh, we went by into, behind to a Jonathan Greening goal on the 26th minute, but then quite famous goals in our history. David Conley equalised shortly before our time. And of course, then Jimmy Bullard bagged the winner in the 90th minute. Great times. I, re- I remember going to the Hawthorns watching Lattice. I think it was the f- our first ever season in the championship. So it would be about two years before that. And we were doing well. We would, we thought we were even had a chance of making the play of sorts at the end of that season. And we went there midweek in March. And um, unfortunately, lost. I think Gary, Gary Megson was the uh, West Brom manager. I think that's the only time I've ever been down to West uh, to West Brom watching Latics, but yeah, some great curiosities in the neighbourhood. I believe, I believe. <laughs> anyway, uh, predictions. Let's let's crack on. I'll start us off. Even though I felt a little bit downbeat yesterday, coming off and uh, opp- another opportunity that we've we've let disappear. I think this could be one of them games where you know, we surprise ourselves. So I'm going to go for a one-all draw. I'm sticking with my blind faith. I think I've said it the last three games, but I do think that we're going to win 3-1. And I'm hoping that Sean Maloney rolls the dice on a forward that is a little bit of a bit of a shock. Maybe from a youth academy player, somebody offers a little bit different. Who knows? But I'm going to say 3-1 and Tom Pierce is going to be integral in that. I'm hoping rather than uh, believing that this this could, this could be a, a, one of the surprise wins that we need and that we're going to come away 
from there with a 2-1 win. Well, I wonder if Charlie's surprised is that Maloney puts his own boots back on. Yeah, I don't think he's got the legs anymore, but it'd be nice to have Maloney up front, wouldn't it? Yeah, I I, I think with the blind faith and the and and the hope over over realism, we're hard to beat. We nick a goal. We come away with a one 0 win. Remember us doing it at Spurs after we'd been spanked four and six at home. So it does happen now and again. Did it happen at West Brom as well? Callum McManaman, two thousand and thirteen. At the way end, where Sammy Morsi scored when we won one nil in that yeah. season when we couldn't we couldn't buy an away win and we went to yeah, one nil. Right. So we can do it. We have done it. Uh, there's only me not gone for a win, so it makes a change anyway. And we'll be back on Thursday. So keep the faith. Come on, we're, we're going to play it. We do yeah. this. Till the next time, it's up the ticks and come on! Up the ticks. Up the ticks. Come on! Up the ticks. 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 Up the ticks.